Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Damn it. Why isn't the plan? Get ready! Woo! We are sure, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. Now, Buddy Landell, it's so hard for me to sit back here in this studio looking at a guy out here hollering my name when last year I spent more money on spilt liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex wearing... Diamond ring wearing, kids stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! I, I know I'm having a hard time keeping these alligators down. I know there was a little pause there. This, you know, the audio clips are going to come as they come, and you know we'll figure them out. But um, I do also know it is nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time here on a Wednesday night. I also know that I, being the fatness that I am, is London here in southwest Florida on Blog Talk Radio. So that only leaves one other person in this world that wants to listen to my mouth jibber-jab for the next two hours on the other side of that microphone is Santos. Mr. Santos, how are you? Well, honestly, I hope I'm not the only person that wants to listen to you jibber jabber for the next two hours. Well, hoping hoping there's at least hoping there's at least like three or four other people out there, maybe. (laughs) Well, you are at least a captive a captive audience. I mean, you don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah. At least everybody else has the has the option to you know turn it off or mute or something. I'm I'm stuck. (laughs) There's no escape. (laughs) You you are. you are put the lotion on your skin, or you get the hose again, my friend. I know, I know, right? Yikes! <laughs> well, tonight is Wednesday evening, nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's going to be a very slow evening for us. We don't have a whole lot to talk about, especially here on Santos in London. No, um, not a whole lot goes on um, for for us after pretty, the NFL season. Pretty, you know, pretty unproductive week for us, as as you know. Boston as, sports as predicted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, man, listen, we, I know I had a great week. Um, I'm pretty sure you had a great week, but I know that you hate this part of Ab- our show. I, absol- I absolutely do. I, but I, I feel like I, I don't talk to you enough during the week. I mean, we text back well, and forth, but I feel that's I fine. This like... isn't this isn't a yay friends two hours. It's let's talk about shit two hours. That's kind well, of my thought, but uh, so anyway, coming up on the <laughs> show this week, <laughs> we are going to get into the NBA trade deadline very minimally. Baseball starts in four days. Um, I don't. I think that's going to be the extent of our major league baseball talk right now. Um, the trucks have left. Their major league stadiums that are heading down to their or to their respective um, spring training um, destinations, including Southwest Florida. So, but that's about the extent that we're going to get into Major League Baseball um, tonight. Um, of course, 
we will get into the NFL, the Super Bowl, um, just, uh, you know, the the absolute dynasty um, that is the New, New England Patriots, um, a victory 13-3, to a smothering defensive victory for the New England Patriots this weekend. Um, over the St. Louis Rams, or I'm sorry, the Los Angeles Rams. We'll get into that. We'll, of course, do our shut up and listen. And, of course, we're going to get into the WWE and things. But without further ado, I'm going to do it, man. Mr. Santos, how are you? Well, I, I don't know. I was kind of, uh, you know, questionable for the for the show this evening. Questionable. What happened? Are you are you limping? Are you are you? No, it's. You know they they've changed my, they've changed my work week. Ooh. So I'm off weekends now, but I'm still I'm still trying to figure out how to adjust to not being off Mondays and Tuesdays. It might oh, sound strange, yeah. but. You know I I've, I've been getting home from work and. Uh, just been worn out, you know, almost like. I, like 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 I missed my two days off or something. It's kind of strange. It's it's a weird it's a weird way to you know a weird feeling. But so I'm kind of thinking you know on this this coming weekend it's gonna be uh, gonna be nice just to lay around and not do anything. So I, I I'm very excited to hear what you just told me because for the last. I want to say better part of three years going on, you yeah. have been working every Saturday and Sunday. Um, yep. And in like, and I don't want to say normal people because, you know, you're not abnormal, but, you know, traditional jobs, I guess, are Monday through Friday. So when you're working on Saturday and Sunday, I'm usually off and I try, we, you know, we try to coordinate some stuff to do and, and it doesn't always shake free like that, but you are always off on Monday and Tuesday, and I'm usually working. So this is um, music to my ears, the kids say, I think. Is that what the kids say? <laughs> music to my ears that you are back to a at least semi-conventional um, work week. That's very yeah. exciting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's uh... Well... It's gonna be. Well, it's that, gonna be. It's gonna be different, though. But you know, after being doing all this time, is this the first I, week you're back at it? Oh, I was off last. I was off last weekend. Okay. You know, so okay. my. You know, so basically last week I was. You know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then off the off the weekend, then back Monday. So it's kind of. Uh, no, it's it's you know kind of just strange. That's the only way I can really say it. It's different. It's strange. Is what we yeah. like to say. Okay, uh, different. <laughs> different. Um, any new movies you've seen? I don't even know where that came from. I just got like a. I don't. Um, yeah, I don't know where that came from, but the, really. it's very odd for me because I'm not a movie guy. But I literally got to tell you something. So, any any okay. new movies you've seen? No. Just um, just what Netflix just what Netflix throws at me. Well, that's exactly what I was going to tell you. I've been. I've been really focusing on Netflix. I, I also have uh, Hulu. Um, so I watch I watch that occasionally. And Hulu, you know, is more 
um, show derivative, I feel like. Um, Netflix is more, you know, original content, movies, that kind of thing. But like weekly episodic type of shows, you'll catch that on Hulu. Uh, you know, I mean, if a show airs Monday night, <clears throat> excuse me, you will catch it on Tuesday night. You know, so it's you're only waiting one day, which is kind of nice. Um, but I have been focusing on Netflix a little bit more lately. And for some, um, for some, I don't know if it is an anniversary coming up or whatever. Um, I've been, my attention has been called to, um, Ted Bundy lately. Did you see this, this, um, new program that's I, on Netflix? I, I saw that. I saw that on there. And, you know, I, I let it, I let it do its, uh, you know, the little preview, but I haven't, uh, I haven't actually watched it. I am, you know, as crazy as I am at times, I am not a serial killer. Um, I, like, I gag at the sight of blood, uh, my own, my children's, my dogs. It doesn't matter. I, I get sick over it, so I couldn't, I could never be a serial killer. However, I'm very intrigued and enthralled with serial killers. I don't know if it's just the the, the taboo aspect of it or if it, it it is just, you know, fascinating to me that someone can, can be this type of way or whatever. But I will recommend um, Ted Bundy Files on Netflix to anybody, any day of the week. They're very well put together. Um, they... They show a criminal mind. They show a very, um, I don't want to say, I almost said a sane mind, but that would contradict um, Ted Bundy altogether, um, if I said a sane mind. Um, But they just show kind of like, it doesn't matter if you're good looking or, you know, anybody can, can have a break from reality. It's amazing to listen to these tapes um, Ted Bundy is is giving a lot of the the narrative in these these tapes. Um, it's just it's just an absolute incredible series. It's like four or five like forty five minute programs. If you get a chance, please catch up on those those Ted Bundy. I don't even. I think they're just called the Ted Bundy tapes or something like that. Okay. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll have to check them out then I guess Are you into that stuff or no? Because I'm into like narcos and like drugs And, and like murderous Gangs I, I, Am I a serial killer? No I don't think so It's I know a lot of people watch things like that I, I do every every now and then I kind of I kind of have to be in the mood, you know, to watch something like like that. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times doing things around my house and I just throw on, you know, if it's not something on the DVR that I don't really need to pay attention to, it's, you know, like some old sitcom that used to be on TV that, you know, I've probably seen about 14 times before that just kind of plays as background noise. But whenever... You know, whenever I really feel like sitting down and actually watching, you know, something that that be something, you know, depending on the mood that I would watch. <laughs> well, if you get it, if you ever feel a little risky, go ahead and watch those because they're, they're pretty good, man. They're pretty good. Okay. 
Uh, all right. I mean, that's enough, right? I mean, we yeah. already put enough a little bit. I, there's only, like, I do want to get into the, the, the NBA trade deadline just a very, very, very little bit. And the thing that I want to talk to you a little bit about is um, the, this mystique that um, that LeBron James is the general manager or whatever of, um, you know, is – I let me digress a little bit. I always thought that LeBron James was a good teammate, and when I say that, I just mean like, you know, he he brings championships. He brings you know at least final appearances. He brings MVPs. He brings accolade. He brings TV, you know, viewership and fans and you know. But I'm starting to believe the hype and the 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 you know, the talk, I guess, about LeBron being a player, coach, general manager kind of piece behind the scenes. I mean, this whole thing with um, Anthony Davis, uh, last night they were in Indiana or played, I guess, played Indiana. Um, You know, the crowd's chanting, LeBron will trade you. Um, And then lo and behold, he's on the trading block and LeBron sits at the end of the the bench without his team. I mean, are, are you seeing this? Do you feel the same? Um, give me a little background. I mean, we're not going to get into this for, for very long because we have a lot more to talk about. But I just, I was going to use LeBron and this nonsense as my shut up and listen tonight. Um, but, you know, I, I have some bigger fish to fry. And, but it's kind of putting a sour taste in my mouth for this guy. Am I way off base on this? I don't, I don't think so. And to be completely honest with you, I was going to do my shut up and listen on just basketball as a whole, but, um, you know, I, I feel the same way. I, I honestly, it's, it, that's, that's my problem with basketball. And it's not just LeBron. It's, it's everybody, you know, they always, that's, you know, they want to play with who they want to play with. They don't want to play with, you know, t- the teams that draft them. And they and then, you know, they want to put the – ever since, you know, everybody wants to revert back to uh, what Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen. Well, those guys, they, they didn't come together on their own. You know, I think, you know, the only one that was a free agent was Ray Allen, I believe. You know they traded oh, back, a back when Boston back back when the Celtics got them they traded they traded a bunch for Garnett when Garnett was still with the Timberwolves. Um, you know the first time that you know free agents left to, and all signed at the same place was obviously you know LeBron and Kevin ba- or Chris Bosh going to Miami to join up with Dwayne Wade. But it seems like since then that's what everybody wants to do. They just want to go you know, with their buddies and they want to go with, you know, where they feel like they can win. And it's, it, it's kind of just ruining the sport. I think now they don't think that it's, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, people that are under contract are being asked questions, you know, they're a free agent at the end of the year, where are you going to play? Well, they, they can't really get into that. You know what I mean? So the, I think just the fact that the media is, you know, throwing stuff out there about what's going to happen next year during this season. I think it's, I think it just hurts the overall integrity of the sport right now. 
And, you know, the same thing with LeBron. He, you know, he has the history of, you know, not getting along with certain coaches, you know, in Cleveland and with Miami. And ownership just axes the coach and brings in somebody else, you know, a LeBron-approved coach. I mean, we've seen we've seen his second go round in uh, in Cleveland. You know, he's you know not happy with certain players. He is you know very public about his displeasure with certain players, and then voila, they're traded for like a bag of balls and you know like Jawan Howard. Is he worth the headache? I mean, when I say that, he's the best player in the game since Michael Jordan, right? I mean, let's not, you know, uh, well, I mean, he's getting challenged by Steph Curry and, yeah, I think, you know, I think, I think for a while there, he was obviously. Okay. But, fair enough. That's fair because yeah. now we have James Harden, and, you know, um, and, it, and it's funny know. because, you know, it's, it's one of those deals real quick and I'm not going to get into this right now, but I think it, you know, if you look back at guys like, uh, uh, Max Kellerman and all these guys that were going after Brady. It's almost like he had two older players out there in sports that are big enough and worthwhile enough where you could have said they're on their they're on the downfall of their career being in a Brady and LeBron James and everybody for some reason just picked Brady. The same thing that everybody was saying about Brady for the last three years, you can kind of say about LeBron too. Yeah, no, I agree because I, sometimes I feel like, is he worth it? You know, and when I say that, it, of course he's worth it. Of course he's yeah. worth bringing the money and the the, the fans and the, the the fame. But but he's just the headache, you know. Some of these guys, you know, I, I mean, the Celtics have never had LeBron on the team, and you know they they should do a pretty good job up there in Boston, you know. Um, um, Houston doesn't have LeBron on the team, and they they're, they're sure doing a good job. You know, there's there's other there's other um, cogs that you can you can plug your holes with than than LeBron. So anyway, we're not going to talk NBA trade. We're not going to talk the NBA um, much more. We have a Super Bowl to cover. We we are six time. We when I say we, I'm talking the New England Patriots are six time Super Bowl champions, and, and, and Tom Brady is a six-time Super Bowl-winning quarterback, the most of any player to ever put on a jersey. Um, I mean, tell me tell me why. Make me feel why he is not the greatest player of all time. Uh, you, really, you really can't argue against it. And the people that are arguing against that are just, you know, point blank, they're just haters. You know, they, they just are. I mean, there's no if ands, or buts about it. You know, like I kind of touched on last week, the argument that I've heard for, you know, certain players like, you know, Montana. And well, basically, it's not, I mean, at the time, it was it's just Montana was that he, uh, what was it? He, he never lost a Super Bowl. Yeah, but, you know, with all of that talent that he had, he only made it there four times. And, you know, what about all of – I mean, so it's almost like saying, you know, if if Brady didn't make it the, other, the three times that he lost, 
that's you know that's better than you know than getting to the Super Bowl and losing. You know, it's not it doesn't make any sense. It's it's not because clearly Jim Kelly was there four times in a row and lost all four times, and he's considered one of the the one of the I don't want to say the greatest, but one of the very best quarterbacks in the NFL in NFL history. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 just funny, you know. It's it's just like I said, it's just people that are hate are hating on him, you know, for the sole purpose of you know trying to. I I think it's trying to stand out, you know, trying to make a name for themselves out there in the world, you know. And and it, what doesn't help is you know whenever the Patriots have their parade, and they're putting up signs like anti Max Kellerman, and he's and he's one of the guys that I mean he's. He's working himself into a pretzel on his shows to kind of prove his point that Brady isn't the best quarterback ever. And he just looks silly. You know, he looks like, you know, his career is the one, you know, going off the cliff because he's not making any sense. And it's funny because, you know, they, you know, they don't take, everything that's going on now into consideration, you know, they, you know, free agency, you know, the, all, every, all the players moving back and forth and, you know, Montana having Jerry Rice on his team. It's like, it's like, they don't, they don't even take any of that into consideration in their argument. You know, you know, for as long, for as long as he was there, Montana had Jerry Rice, who is, is you know you can make an argument that Jerry Rice is quite possibly the one of the best players ever in the league. Well, <laughs> and he also and had Joe, Mon- Taylor and Joe Montana on and the Joe other Monta- side. Well, well, but yeah, but Joe Montana's thrown to Jerry Rice, and he had him for you know at least four years. The four years they went to the Super Bowl. So, how on earth can you tell me, you know, Brady, who had you know the best receiver he's had, was Randy Moss for like what two years? And the second year that was the year that Brady got knocked out, game one. So don't sit there and tell me that Montana was better just because he went undefeated in the Super Bowl. Back in that time, everybody everybody in the NFC was undefeated in the Super Bowl. You know what the funny part about the Montana argument is? Is that he had players like Dwight Clark, um, you know, Dwight was a little bit older, but he also had John Taylor. He had uh, Roger Craig. Um, I don't know if you heard of this guy, a guy from behind him, Steve Young, Hall of Famer. Um, I mean, like, the, the players around um, Joe Montana have always been just incredible ball players. And, you know, listen, I won't take anything away from players like Rob Gronkowski, from, um, like uh, Randy Moss or um, oh, who the hell is a running back that um, Corey Dillon, you know, Corey Dillon was legit. He was only here for a year and a half, two years, but, but I mean, he was significant for us. He played very well, yeah. um, you know, players like that, but they're not hall of famers. I mean, who, who was the uh, Ronnie Lott was a hall of famer for new England or I'm sorry for San Francisco. The only other Hall of Famer that I know of right now is Ty Law, who just got inducted this year. You know, so 
not, you know, let's not um, hold Joe Montana on this pedestal and, and, you know, scoff at, at Brady and his, his, especially at this time, like this is the, the, the thing that drives me crazy. This time in, in NFL history is meant to, is the, the league is created to, um, to pull teams closer together, bring parity, bring, you know, bring teams closer to 500 than let teams dominate. I mean, I heard, I forget who said it the other day, but it was one of the most poignant um, statements I've heard of Tom Brady's career. Um, I I can't remember who said it. I wish I could because it, it, it would hit home a little bit more. Tom Brady has had two Hall of Fame careers, two different Hall of Fame careers. You know, you win three in a in a span of you know five years. You 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 take a little bit of time off, and then you win three more. You know, I mean, he's had two Hall of Fame careers, and, and you know, and he's doing it at forty one years old. It's not like he's twenty seven anymore, man. Right. Right, and and the thing is, is everybody wants to throw, you know, Spygate and Deflategate out there. Well, he's won three Super Bowls since the end of the whole Deflategate thing. So, I mean, what is it now? You know, the, everything is, you know what I mean? There's no, you got nothing. You you got nothing. I mean, you you have nothing other than the fact that he's 41 years old and, you know, his his production is going to slow down a little bit, but you know, I, I just they're not they're not going anywhere. I mean, yeah. they're already yeah. like I mean I know that the Chiefs are the favorite for the Super Bowl next year, but then guess what? It's you know in some in some order, you know shape or fashion, it's the Patriots, Saints, and Rams again. And who do you think that's going to piss off? And you know being especially being in the twilight of his career, he doesn't want to be seen as, you know, should have left um, before kind of guy. He is just that fiery, um, you know, that, that just shot out of a cannon kind of player that doesn't want to be the guy that, you know, oh, he he retired two years too late. I'm going to play to 45. Oh, he should have retired at 42 or 43 years old. Listen, I'm going to be real, real transparent, and I really, truly believe this, not just because I, I, I adore the Patriots and I think they're the greatest organization that, that has ever come through the NFL, but I have to be real honest. I wouldn't be surprised if Brady, Brady um, retires with seven rings before he retires because – there's going to be a fire within him that, okay, you know, maybe it's not next year. Maybe it's not the next year, but the last year, maybe it's going to be like, I'm going to do something that I need for myself. And I, in, and I have this, this internal flame that needs me to, to just put it all out there and just do what I do. And for me to walk away and feel comfortable I need to win another championship. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I definitely think that's on his to-do list. 
is to get to get that seventh one. But but it's it's going to be tough because you and I both know there's a lot of you know a lot of moving pieces this off season. <laughs> my, my my favorite hate this year. I mean they can't they don't have Deflate Gate they don't have Spy Gate they don't have Ref Gate they don't have any of it because there was none of it. But my favorite part is this. Um, Oh, it was um, Julian Edelman shouldn't have even played. Uh, if 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 he played in Major League Baseball because he tested positive for performance enhancing drugs at the beginning of the season was suspended for that, he wouldn't even be eligible to play in the postseason. Well, right. if my uncle had tits, he'd be my aunt. Um, so just because he plays in the NFL. You cannot hold him to the same standard as Major League Baseball. Sorry. They don't, that's not the, the collective bargaining agreement, man. He tested positive. He, 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 admitted, he admitted that he did those substances. He did his time. He came back. He's your Super Bowl MVP, which we will get into it in a little bit. I have a very um, a Nostradamus-like co-host. Um, when it comes to predictions for the Super Bowl, but we'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the guy, you know, the guy lamented his place in history as one of the greatest um, super, I'm sorry, playoff receivers ever. I mean, in third yeah. place behind Jerry Rice and Randy Moss. Well, heck, if you want to go just playoffs, it's just Jerry Rice. I thought it was. He's, I thought it was both. I thought it was third place. Uh uh-uh. uh no, no, no. I think total yards right. and is it is it total yards or it's. I know it's at receptions. I think it's total yards. He's in third place. Okay, well that could be. Although I don't I, remember many. I don't remember many years where Moss was in the playoffs. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll look at. We'll look at that. We'll come back at you next week for that. But yeah, I heard I heard that argument too about him, you know, with the four game suspension at the beginning of the year. It's it's also for something that you know, doctors probably had him on and thought that it was okay for him to use because he was, you know, coming off of you know, ACL repairment surgery and everything like that. It's not like you know, it's not like uh, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds where Hey, baseball's dying. Here's some steroids. We'll look the other way. Knock yourself out. You know, it's it's so much different. You know, it's not it's not even close to the same stuff. And and football has always been you know, pretty transparent as far as, you know, people that are on any type or you know, that are caught with any PED stuff. You know, not like baseball where you know, you save you save the sport and then you're not even considered for the Hall of Fame, which is a complete joke and another topic that I'm sure we've talked about before and we'll probably talk about again. Um, just to clarify, um, I owe you a, a public apology. Um, the leaders in playoff um, NFL receiving yards, career playoff leaders, Jerry Rice has 2,245 between 1985 and 2004, three different teams. Julian Edelman is second with 14, 12, um, 2009 to 2018 with the New England Patriots. So, yeah. 
Um, you know, take it as you will. I apologize. I should never question Mr. Santos when it comes to the New England Patriots and their staff or their um, their legacy, I guess I should say. Um, so we clearly won the Super Bowl. We, I say we because I feel like you and I are part owner here on Santos in London. Um, we have done our due diligence. We have fought the battle. We fight. We continue to fight the good fight. Um, let's get into our predictions. Um, you more so. <laughs> you, you you rung the bell a little bit more than I did here. So we'll get into our predictions. Um, I wish I had a, a bumper for this. Um, I will. I'm getting into the audio clips. I just figured out how to use our audio making soundboard. So we're going to have some good stuff here coming up. So, um, Mr. Santos, we predicted the score, the MVP, if James Devlin was going to score a touchdown, <laughs> and the coin toss. Um, we will start with the coin toss, obviously. I, I know. I know I got that right. I know you, darn well I got that right. <laughs> you chose my, tails. Yeah. And do you remember? Do you, you remember the reason why? Well, well, hang on a minute. Okay. Because I asked you shortly before the game about the coin toss, and you told me to pick heads. What do you mean and I picked tails. <laughs> I picked tails because I had already bet it. So you and I got it correct. I got it wrong. You definitely picked tails. Tell me why you picked tails. I picked tails because as the people that were paying attention know, uh, Matthew Slater always calls heads. And to be completely honest with you, I can't remember a time where they won the coin toss to start a game. Whether they're at home, on the road, they always they always seem to lose that coin toss, but then in overtime, heads always comes up for some reason. So I figured he's going to – they're the visiting team. They get to call the toss. He's going to call heads, and it's not going to be heads. That, that was basically my logic. <laughs> well, I picked heads when I was wrong here on paper. I also picked tails in my bookie. Um, I got that right. However – I parlayed it with New England would win the toss. So I got tails Ooh, right. That's a, that's a bummer. So I pushed. <laughs> so I pushed. Um, so, um, James Dillon scored a touchdown. Uh, he, was, he was close. Super close. He, he went into the end zone before Sony Michelle did on the one touchdown, but he didn't have the ball. <laughs> <laughs> did he even have a carry? You know what? I don't think so. He did not have a carry. Kind of, kind, kind of hard to score a touchdown when you don't get a carry. <laughs> when you don't get the ball, yeah. yeah. Um, give me the score that you remember telling me about. Oh, man, I don't even remember. What did I say? Let me tell you what I said. Yeah, you 45, were like, 40, like 45 to 21 or something, right? 17. 45 okay. 17. Wrong. I that wanna, was wrong. I, yeah. Uh, what the heck? I don't remember. Was it thirty? What, like thirty to? Was it thirty to twenty-eight or thirty-five to twenty-eight or something like that? 
Thirty-four twenty-four. Okay. That was wrong. Well, hey, but I but I had ten point difference. That was kind of that was right. <laughs> Fair enough. But the, hey, I'm the taking, most I'm taking whatever I'm, I'm taking whatever win I possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, listen, you have the best win on the board, and if you would have put a hundred bucks on it with the bookie, you would have won three thousand dollars. He was three thousand wow. to one. Because you picked the MVP as Julian Edelman. Um, I picked Tom Brady. Um, tell me why you picked Julian Edelman. Honestly, because you took Brady, and I just wanted to go, like, with a non-Brady, you know, a non-Brady uh, a candidate, really. And and honestly, it was because of the fact that if you look that if you look back at how he was against the Chiefs when you know down the stretch when it mattered, the little guy always got open somehow across the middle, and you know I kind of figured that that would be you know that kind of area would be open a little bit for him, and I mean it was I mean unfortunately everybody else kind of sucked in that game I mean I know Brady threw it to Hogan four or five times and I mean. I mean, there were guys on Hogan like a wet blanket. I mean, he was he was getting nothing. But but basically, that was it. You know, I figured, you know, that they were going to try to throw the ball across the middle, you know, into that open area where the, you know, where the the weak weakish linebacking core was. And I you figured, well, if there's going to be anybody going across the middle, it's probably going to be him because he's like a pinball and he'll always bounce back up. No, I, I just listening. I really was listening to your analysis because it's spot on, dude. You, I remember you telling me, telling me this last week, and I was like, yeah, or two, yeah, I guess it was last week, and I was like, yeah, yeah, you're so right, you're so right, and then I just absolutely moved away from it. Um, he, I mean, I think we would have won last year with 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 Edelman in the, you know, yeah, in on the field for us. Um, yeah. I mean, just, I mean, they've just a great the, job. The funny thing is, is that they've won, they've won Super Bowls with just Edelman. They haven't won Super Bowls with just Gronk. Gronk so yeah. look, think about it that way. And then you put, yeah. then you put both of them out there. They've won two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just a great job, just a great analysis of the team and the understanding of just the Patriots as a, as a whole. And, you know, honestly, uh, you and I kind of joke throughout the season that like, these assholes won't, you know, win another game and, you know, this, that, and the other, and the team is terrible and blah, 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 blah. But, like, I really just want you to know that I really look to you for guidance because I don't have my thumb pulse of the Patriots in Boston sports quite like you do. Um, I try to follow. Um, I'm a little I'm a little more pulled away at times during the day. But, you know, with – without conviction you you always have a good beat on it and i appreciate it and i thank you for for just kind of like reeling me in sometimes because i'm you know i'm i'm like with wwe i'm very much like um a, a fanboy and you kind of reel me into reality so i appreciate that so well hey, done you're, on you're the welcome. super bowl That's what i'm here for 
That's why we're the best color man in the game. Yeah. Honestly. Hey, I I do want to say real quick. How how silly do the Rams look right now with this whole Todd Gurley thing? What happened He's, with him in the I, Super I don't Bowl? Why know. did he not play more? He didn't he didn't play during the, that game against the Saints much either. I think he had like six rushes for ten yards. That was it. If it was six, it might have only been three. It's I, I, I don't know. And I said that you know, I think that he was going to have a big game. You know, for the and the Ram. You know, if the Rams were going to have a chance, and I mean, he was almost non-existent. I know he had a couple of big runs, but it was. I, I don't know what happened, but for them to not have him on the, you know, the, not have him on the, uh, you know, the injury report leading up to the game, you know, and every and he's still saying that he's. Um, no, he's fine. He's, he's talking to the media. He's fine. He's 100%. And and a lot of people are thinking, well, why on earth would you? I mean, he was the most the most dynamic player in the league, you know, up through about week 14. And then he's his production kind of trailed off. They had this C.J. Henderson, who's like the self-proclaimed like little bowling ball of, you know, and he he did he did pretty good all things considered. But I mean, he's no Todd Gurley. So I'm I'm not really sure, you know what happened, and and even after the game, he's saying that he's a hundred percent. And the uh, Sean McVay, the coach, is he's a he's a hundred percent. He just didn't fit in and fill in. I'm thinking to myself, you need to put this dude in your playbook if he is a hundred percent. If not, you know the season's over now. Just just have the balls to come out and say, yeah, he's a little banged up. You know what I mean? Now the season's over. What's it matter? It's almost. It's almost like the Patriots, you know, was it last year with, with Malcolm Butler? It's like, I didn't even realize he wasn't in the game until the third quarter where somebody, it might have been like the sideline reporter said, oh, yeah, by the way, he, he hasn't played at all except for like one snap on a punt. You know, it, it, it's almost like um, um, a picture in like game seven of the World Series that's already pitching like game six. You know, there's no tomorrow, man. This it, you know, if this dude's going to be dressed and playing, you know, finger quotes, playing, um, be on the field, I mean, you, you have to either get him involved or, you know, just, just sit him. I mean, just, just yeah. absolutely just take it and say, you know what? He, he just wasn't, he, he just wasn't himself. Um, they, they had a, um, a report from like the sideline earlier in the day of, of Super Bowl that said that he was fast. Um, looked fast is all they said. It didn't talk about him making cuts. Didn't talk about him catching balls. Didn't talk about him being able to to do any lateral movement. Nothing. Just looked fast. Yeah. Um, you know, just just come correct, man. You know, are, are you trying to be New England? Are you trying? I mean, um, McVeigh is going to be a hell of a coach for years to come in this yeah. league. I mean, the kid's thirty five, thirty three. Um, you know, he's going to, I mean, he's got 40 years left in this league and he, he is going to win a lot of titles. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. That kid just makes incredible decisions. I, I heard, um, um, an interview. I don't know. Oh, it was on Howard. I was, I listen to Howard Stern regularly and, and he does, you know, he's not a, a sports guy, but he does, you know, some news and kind of like different 
clips and things like that. And he did one with McVeigh, who was with Brian Gumble on HBO Sports or H- whatever that is, sports. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. That he remembers every single play that he has ever called as an NFL yeah. coach. Um, just incredible. You know, Brian Gumble said, tell me what you did at week five against the Giants at home, third and four this time. Of the, and he picked it, boom. You know, tell me what you did here. Four different times he picked it straight. So, I mean, the yeah. guy is an incredible football mind. You know, don't try to, don't try to outthink yourself, man. Be who you are. Um, do what you do because you do it right, man. You're going to be... You're going to be the creme de la creme. Just give it time, man. You got to walk before you can run. Right. Right. And it's, and like I said, it's just one of those things, you know, what's the, it just, it just makes him look worse as a coach to have this weapon that, you know, he's saying he's, he's okay. And he, he could have, he could have played more. You know, he's covering up afterwards saying that, oh, yeah, he could have played more. He just didn't fit into the scheme. Well, holy hell, how can he not fit into the scheme? He's one of the best players in the league. When he's out there, I mean, let's face it, he's he's the, probably the best player on the field. How on earth can you tell me he doesn't fit into your game plan? Change your damn game plan, man. <laughs> I, he's prob- he was probably drafted first or second in every single fantasy football league all year long. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely he was. So he doesn't fit into your game plan. Hmm? Yeah, I mean he had to, you know, he had the most touchdowns. I mean, you know, well, you know what really, you know, I'm going to I was going to say that he's one of the best pass catching backs out of the backfield. How non-existent were the running backs on both teams catching passes out of the backfield in this Super Bowl? Good grief. <laughs> And the funny Brady thing is, Brady, what, could, Brady, Brady couldn't find James White, and James White standing as close to I am to my microphone right now, <laughs> and he couldn't hit him. It looks like he's trying to skip rocks on a on a lake, yep. and and I don't I don't think Gurley caught a pass. I know that uh, you know Big Boy uh, C.J. Anderson caught one that he fumbled out of bounds. But, I mean, there was – and I think James White had one. They threw to Sony Michelle once or twice, and I I love Sony Michelle, but they they need to teach him how to catch a pass. And last year – or not last year, I guess – no, two two years ago when New England beat Atlanta, um, um, James White James White was a beast. 15 catches or 14 catches or something. Something like that, yeah. Just filthy. But listen, man, we we could talk New England winning Super Bowls. I don't know that our existence, I guess. But um, <laughs> the season's over, man. We won thirteen to three. Our sixth Brayton. Well, yeah, these are six total. Yeah. Um. So six championships. Let me just get real quick. Who? Tell me where do you think New England falls next year just just overall in general is it going to be a championship is it going to be a um you know playoffs i mean we're going to win the east right i mean there's nobody that's going to give us any any trouble no unfortunately we're going to yeah unfortunately they'll get they'll get into the playoffs you know for everybody else out there unfortunately for us you know 
just another just another year of business. Um, and it's you know, and one of the things that I've been telling, you know, the people that just hate the Patriots is instead of hating the Patriots, you need to really start hating your own team because it shouldn't be as easy for the as as it is for the Patriots to win all the time. You know, the way that the league works is they have in the first round where you're getting the best players, they get the last pick. They have, you know, theoretically, all of the division winners have the hardest schedule the next season. They should not be winning the division every single year. Don't get pissed off at the Patriots and hate the Patriots. You know, if you're a Jets, Dolphins, or Bills fans, hate your team. Get on your team because they're not doing what they need to do to beat the Patriots. And same thing. And the same. And the same thing with you know other teams. I know I, you know, this past week I've been getting a lot of grief from, from Steelers fans, Ravens fans, Eagles fans. I mean, you you name them. It's any basically. If you're not a Patriots fan, you're really getting on, you know, the on on the anti-Patriots bandwagon, and that's fine. But you know, unless you're a team that has won the Super Bowl in the last you know ten years. You really need to start looking internally at your own team because they're not doing something right, you know, if they can't get to the playoffs. It's not the Patriots cheating. I know that that's what everybody loves to say. It's not them cheating. It's your team whiffing on the draft or your team, you know, over, over, overspending on a quarterback that's, you know, just not that great. Or they have a really good quarterback, but they're, they've backed up the Brinks truck and can't put an de- offensive line in front of them or create a defense with the money that's left over. It's, it's your teams are not doing something right. That's the bottom line. Because the Patriots are going to get the last pick in the draft. They're going to have one of the hardest schedules this coming season. And they're still going to make the playoffs. I mean, unless unless somebody named Brady gets hurt, they're going to make the playoffs again. Yeah. I, you know, it, I, I saw this, I don't even know, maybe mid-season. Um, it was like a meme on Facebook. You know, I, I'm, I'm from Buffalo, and I got a lot of friends up there in Buffalo. They give me a lot of hard time, and I banter back and forth. And, and don't get me wrong. I, you know, I follow Buffalo, the the Bills, and I'm, I don't want to see him fail every year, but my, my loyalty lies with New England. And the funny thing is, is one of the memes that I saw was don't hate the Patriots or don't be mad at the Patriots. Be mad at your team that can't beat the Patriots, which is absolutely true. I mean, don't be mad for somebody who makes the right decisions and does the right things. I mean, you, you, you know, we draft 32nd every year. Um, we, for Christ's sake, we didn't even draft 32nd half the time. We dropped down into the second round and, and start making moves and this, that, and the other. So, you know, don't be mad at me or our team for making good moves and making smart decisions and, and picking up players that you don't want. Josh Gordon, for instance, we had 11 games with the guy. The guy was legit. I mean, he kind of fell off towards the end. But, you know, I mean, don't be mad at me. Be mad at your, your, front, your front end. Yeah. Yeah, because they gave up what was it like a? I think they gave up a fifth round pick for him. And but if I, there was something built into the built into that deal that if for some reason 
he didn't make it to game 17. I mean, well, week 17 of the season, I guess. The Patriots got a seventh round pick back from the Browns. I mean, it's it was like a win-win deal. I mean, you give up a pick. I mean, yeah, fifth round pick, you know, for the most part is going to be, you know, you know, borderline roster player. You got a guy that came in. I mean, let's face it, he produced and you know, early early in the year where they just didn't have a lot of depth at wide receiver. So I mean, he paid he he played really well for what they needed early. You know, unfortunately, he, you know, he had the, whatever was going on with him, you know, personally with, if it was drug stuff or whatever it was, I think that's what it was, but he doesn't finish the year with you. Well, that's, that sucks, but I mean, Hey, guess what? Here bonus pick, you get your, you get, you know, you know, the player and the pick back. So it's, it's kind of just crazy how that works. And I'm and I'm still I, and I'm still feeling pretty encouraged because the only draft pick that they had that finished the year on the team was Sony Michelle. And their first he wasn't even their first pick in the first round. They had two picks. Their first pick was an offensive lineman that that got hurt in in uh, you know preseason. They had a second or a third round pick who looked like a real a really awesome linebacker. He got hurt in about like week like week four. They had a couple of a uh, couple of guys in the secondary that I think one of them got hurt in preseason. One of them got hurt early in the year. You know, these guys are going to come back too. Plus, you get whatever you had last year. So I mean, they they didn't even really use draft picks this year on that team, which is just amazing when you think about it. Yeah, it just makes me laugh to, to to hear people, you know, a, a lot of times you hate because you're angry, or I'm sorry, because you're jealous or envious. So I'm assuming that's kind of where a lot of the angst comes from. Listen, um, I, I just want to pick your brain a little bit. I mean, New England has a lengthy free agent list of significant players that make me nervous a little bit that are on that list. Um, a few that I just kind of want to feel you out for. Um, Gaskowski, Cordell Patterson, Hogan, McCordy. I mean, um, who else is on that list that I remember? Um, Malcolm Brown, Sh- uh, Trey Mason. Flowers, Shaq, Shaq Sha- Mason. Yep. Yeah. yeah, tell me who the, who the number one player is that we need to go after. Um, I, I think I think that yeah, as much as he's not really consistent really? in playoff games, but four and a half million dollars. I don't. Yeah. I, I, well, the the problem is there's going to be somebody out there that'll pay him. And then you just you just don't want to get stuck stuck with somebody like Cody Parkey, because let's face it, if I had to pay a million dollars for Cody Parkey or four million for Goskowski, I'm taking Goskowski every day of the week. Um, I mean, it, it, I don't I don't know who else is out there. That's that's the problem. I know, you know, I think Trey Flowers, he's. 
he he's he's going to be a big name. I think I think I saw some list that uh, was on ESPN's bottom line or the NFL Network's bottom line of of free agents this off season, and I think he was like the number five ranked person of like you know the top. I think you know he doesn't put up a lot of like sack numbers, but I mean let's face it, not a lot of guys on the Patriots put up a lot of numbers as far as sacks go. They go in, they're unselfish, they do what they need to do, and and a lot of times, you know, they don't really make what they should be making. I think if he went to another team, he's gonna he's gonna get a lot more than what the Patriots are gonna pay him. Which which sucks because I mean he was he was pretty dominant in the playoffs. Didn't have a whole heck of a lot. I think I think he might have had a you know, in the three games they played, maybe like four sacks total. But he was always in there, like always in the face of the quarterback. Always, you know, just very disruptive. And I think that's what that's what the Patriots want defensive ends to do is let's be disruptive and play where they want you where they need you to be. Whereas, you know, other teams they just get unleashed at the quarterback and they get there or they don't, you know. Um I I but, you know, that that being said, you know, which one is the most important one? I I say you got a you got a 41-year-old going to be 42 when the season starts this year, year old quarterback back there. Yeah, you have Isaiah Wynn who was he was the rookie that was injured you know, in preseason that uh, didn't play this year, the number their their first pick in the draft. He he is a guard. You know, they might try to experiment with him at tackle. I don't really know, but I think I, I think you got to pay Shaq Mason. I mean, he would be my top I, my top my top person. Wait, I don't I don't see him on the list, dude. I don't. I, I thought I thought somebody I thought I heard on the radio that he was. <clears throat> That he was. I mean, if, if not, I, I mean, it could be mistaken, or maybe the, or maybe the people on the on the radio show that I was listening to just weren't right. But I don't see, and I'm not saying. Listen, I I don't usually ever question you when it comes to the Patriots, but the only people that I really am, am concerned about, Trey Flowers, um, you know, I don't see Shaq Mason here. I see a lot of Malcolm Brown. I see McCordy, Chris Hogan. Cordell Patterson, Gaskowski. Which, I don't see Shaq Mason which, anywhere. Which which McCourty? Uh, uh, Jason. Okay. I, I I don't know. I think depending on what type of deal you can get for Jason, you might well you you can keep him. But you know, like I said, they I think they have two. You know, two corner slash safety guys that they drafted last year that are supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, man. Um, but, but, but Shaq Mason, Shaq Mason is under contract until 2024. He becomes a, an unrestricted free agent in oh, 2024. Well, and never mind. <laughs> yeah. <What about laughs> he signed a five-year, forty-five million, um, forty-five million dollar contract, and um, let me see, in 2018, man. Okay. Okay. So yeah, they re- they already yep. did resign him. Okay. Yep. Just resigned. What about, him. Yep. Was was Trent Brown on that list? He is. He is. Okay. I'll tell you what. I mean, they didn't really give up a lot for him. I don't know. I don't know what he's what he's going to demand as far as a contract goes. But I mean, he's been pretty solid. 
I mean, I've been I've been really <laughs> impressed with how he's played over there at the left tackle, considering at you know when he was playing for the 49ers, he was a right tackle. They, they signed him. They signed him for four years, two point three three five million. Um, he becomes an unrestricted free agent this year. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna demand. I mean, he's only been in the league four years. He's twenty five years old, man. Yeah. You know the problem yeah. is though, Drew Rosenhaus is his agent, which sucks. I know. I fucking I know. hate that guy. Yeah, he's. He definitely does get, you know, he he makes his money. I mean, that's that's for sure. I mean, you got to respect the man for that, but you you hate it whenever you know, it's somebody on your team. Two, Almost two people like, I want to uh, hear. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I was, I was just going to say I was just going to say that. Go ahead. No. Two people I want to hear your your opinion on. I want to hear your opinion on Chris Hogan and I want to hear your opinion on um Josh Gordon. Josh, well, Josh Gordon, you don't know you don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, from what I understand, from what I understand, I've been reading a little bit about him. Um, that um, shit stain that runs the league. Um, what's his name? I even forget his name. Um, oh, Good- Goodell. No, <laughs> I really did forget his name too. How about that? Because wow. I always think of him as a douche or a cock or a whatever. Sorry for my language, folks. Uh, <clears throat> that. They are fully anticipating him being reinstated after he completes this program. Um, he is an unrestricted free agent here in New England. Um, and then um, Chris Hogan is the other one that I'm wondering for $4 million. How, how many How many catches did he have in the Super Bowl? Zero. I, I think one. Could, I, I think I don't think he had any. As a matter well, of fact, okay, I'm, sure, I'm sure he didn't have any. Um, we can we can find somebody off the street that can catch us zero passes in the Super Bowl. Chris Hogan, bye bye. Get out. Yep, exactly. Cordell Patterson. I, I say sign him. If Absolutely. You, if, you can, if you if you can, he's so versatile. He's your kick, re, your kick returner. You can. I mean, hell, they threw the guy back there as a running back for a week. In Is the he Troy to you from the from early two thousands? Uh, I, I mean, I guess a little bit. You know, Troy Brown. I mean, it's different. You know, playing on defense in a game against Peyton Manning, but yeah, true. But he, yeah, yeah, very very versatile guy. I mean, you you know, Belichick loves them. I mean, that's that's the only reason they picked uh, Edelman to begin with in the draft. Um, Gaskowski, we talked about McCordy, we talked about a little bit. Um, Malcolm Brown, I think you have to pay. I think you have to pay Eric Rowe. Um, I think you have to pay um, Trey Flowers, Trent Brown. I, you know, I think there's a, you know, some players are very expendable. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Um, yeah, you know, I, Phil I think... Dorsett, Ryan Allen, those those are expendable players for you. Yeah, I mean, but, honestly, it. Uh... The only the only wide receiver on their team that's under contract is Edelman. Edelman, yeah. That's it. That's it. Yep. Yep. I mean, so don't be surprised if you know, if they you know, take a receiver early, which I mean keep your fingers crossed because Belichick is absolutely whiffed on them. Although I think I, I think Malcolm Brown or not Malcolm Brown, but Malcolm Mitchell, I I think he was good. It's kind of unfortunate he, his his knee injuries just you know kept him 
you know, kept him out because I, I really liked the guy. I liked the story behind him. But I, I think even he was like a fourth, like a third or a fourth round guy. You know, you know, maybe they, you know, depending on what their plan is as far as getting a quarterback in this draft goes, you know, maybe move up and take a, you know, one of the top couple of receivers. Because I'll tell you what, and what I need to start doing during bowl season next year is start writing down names of people at positions the Patriots need. Because I used to do that. Um, unfortunately, two of the names that I'm famous for saying that they, well, actually three of the names that I'm famous for saying that they needed were uh, Hightower, which he's still there. Um, and because we got a lot of Florida games on TV, I was always high on Brandon Spikes and some clown named uh, Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> hey, he was dead. productive. He was productive. He was. Unfortunately, unfortunately, he was also very productive off the field, which was not good. <laughs> uh, do you know Brady, um, Brady's contract ends after next year? Oh, that makes me nervous. Well, I, I think they kind of have to just start going like year to year with him. You know, or maybe, or maybe, you know, during this off season, maybe do like a two year deal or something like that. Because normally, normally they, they did the renegotiating or they, you know, extended his contract when he had two years left. Um, you know, that's why everybody was kind of curious that they didn't do it you know, before this season or during this season. But, I, I, you know, I think, hey, I mean, the guy won you a Super Bowl again. Well, I, I can't – well, without taking anything away, I mean, he did pretty well in the Super Bowl. Did he win it for them? You know, not really. No. But he was but – he, but he definitely helped. Um, I, I think you got to – you got to do something for the guy if like it's a year or two or something like that, just to, just to keep it going. Because, you know, I know when we first started the show, we were kind of talking about, does he, does he get to dictate how long he stays? And I was, I was pretty strong. No, he shouldn't be able to, but now I'm kind of thinking, you know, maybe, maybe he does because a, let's face it. You don't have a backup. I remember watching the Super Bowl and my dad says, who's that tiny number two guy. I'm like, that's Brian Hoyer, their backup quarterback. <laughs> like yeah, we don't need to see him in the game at all unless their page is up by about thirty with four he, minutes left. Does he have the so, greatest job on planet Earth? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Jesus Christ! Um, he made he made three million. Wait a minute! Wait a freaking minute here! He made. Oh no, I'm sorry. He's due to be made to make no. Oh yeah, he made two point eight. He's going to make two point eight million dollars next year. Two point eight million. Sweet hell, he's got the greatest job on planet Earth, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Other you know, other than other than Ryan Allen as the punter, that's pretty. That's pretty good. <laughs> Anyway, let's move on, man. Holy Christ. We'll talk all night long about the Patriots. I guarantee we'd talk we talk all night long. We probably, probably could if we, if somebody bet us, we probably could. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just, 
listen, before we get too far, I don't even know what your shut up and listen is, but I would like to go first because it kind of piggybacks off what we just talked about. So knock knock yourself out. Knock knock yourself out. So give me one second. So shut up and listen. Um, Let me just call your attention to this. Tom Brady is the greatest of all time because it's like as though Hank Aaron, the home run champ, who did it by hitting 40, 45 home runs a year every year, basically for 20-something years, was managed by, like, Casey Stengel or some great manager for a great team, so he also won a bunch of championships. Tom Brady, at various points in his career, looked like the best player in football, here and there. But it wasn't like throughout his whole career we were like, that's the best guy in the league. Many, we, we thought that because he was very, very good in the regular season, and he was not a choker in the postseason, and as his career went along, he became better and better under pressure till he actually elevated in the postseason. But many years of his career, the consensus was Peyton Manning was better, till it mattered most. Many years of his career, people with eyeballs know that Aaron Rodgers is better. Brady never gave you the sense that you were looking at Babe Ruth or Michael Jordan. The reason Babe Ruth considered the greatest baseball player of all time is because he was lapping the league. When he hit 60 home runs, no other American League team hit 60 home runs. He did it by himself. And he was like the greatest left-handed pressure pitcher of all time. When Michael Jordan, the reason he's considered the greatest ever is because, first of all, your eyeballs, when they were on him, was like, oh, that guy's different. But also, yeah, he's 6-0 and in, t- in championships. But also, yeah, the five MVPs, but we all know why those other five MVPs through the 10 years of his career, his real career, weren't given to Jordan. Those were sympathy MVPs to spread around the league. Jordan's really a 10-time MVP. So Tom Brady is the greatest football player of all time. He is the greatest quarterback of all time. Career accomplishment, the whole thing. But that does not make you the Michael Jordan of football. <laughs> hey Max Kellerman S this D sorry for the language folks shut up and listen Max Kellerman um, you have like you said I was laughing I put my microphone on mute when you said he has spun himself into a pretzel trying to trying to prove Tom Brady as not the greatest quarterback or the one of the greatest players of all time, maybe the greatest player of all time at his specific position, especially in an era where the league tries to bring parity. Max Kellerman, you need to, I don't even know what you need to do. I I, I think you need to treat yourself like that Buddhist, um, that Buddhist monk that started himself on fire um please please just back up you know lay the microphone down take five steps backwards and jump over the cliff um he you know is lapping the league when it comes to babe ruth how about we're lapping the league when it comes to six quarterback has six championship rings six in a league that strives itself and thrives on being um, a, a a very um, equal league, bringing it back to, to you know, a parody. Um, Max Kellerman, shut up and listen, dude. I am so tired of hearing you. You, you, even after the, you know, the Patriots win this week, you, you still run your mouth. You still give me this garbage, dude. It, it, it's over man, you know, 
two years ago when it's I don't even have anything to say to you anymore. It's over. I mean, you, you you make it easy for me and for everybody else to think that you're a donkey. Um, <laughs> I will forever and always berate you on Twitter. Um, I will forever and always challenge you. I will forever and always turn the channel when you're on. You're an idiot. You have no credence. Um, Tom Brady is the greatest player, and he is lapping the league, as you say, um, with six Super Bowl rings. The, the Steelers have six Super Bowl rings, but Tom Brady has six Super Bowl rings. Max yeah. Kellerman, shut up and listen. Yeah, I mean, we could... <laughs> we could we could go on this for another forty minutes. I mean, you're, I mean you're you're, ab- you're absolutely right. I mean, and and like I said before, you know, all of these guys keep saying, you know, he even said it about Michael Jordan, six and zero. Well, he also only made it to the ch- uh, finals six times. You know, when he was Tom Brady's age, he was sucking ass for the Washington Wizards of all teams. And, get this, there's only five guys on the court at one time in basketball. If Michael Jordan was obviously as, was the best player or one of the best players in the league, uh, Scottie Pippen was still in the top 50 of all time. He was out there with you. I'm not saying that Michael Jordan couldn't have done it without Scottie Pippen, because he probably Dennis could Rodman have. Dennis Rodman was a Hall of Famer. Well, yeah, but that was that was like the second the second set of three or two or whatever it was. But but yeah, he he had Hall of Famers with him. So I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say Tom Brady is is a better champion than Michael Jordan because that's I I, I don't know if I feel comfortable doing that. Even for as much as I love Brady and for as much as I'm not really a big Michael Jordan guy, I just it, it's. I, I can't compare the greatest in two different sports together as who's who's best. I, I really have to kind of break it down. We may not be able to compare the athlete themselves as the greatest, but let's compare the sport, I think. I mean, you know, Brady gets hit one time in 2011. He's out for the entire year. Third player of the season. Third player of the season. He's out for the, 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 the year. Uh, you know, Michael Jordan plays 82 games and doesn't miss a, a play even after he but gets the, hit hard the, or fouled but the, hard. But the, but the thing is, and this and this is why I, I really don't feel comfortable even debating it one way or the other, is because football, single elimination playoffs. Basketball, it's been, it was best of seven. Because I remember a couple of times where the Bulls lost the first game of a series – it didn't happen a whole heck of a lot, but there were, you know, a few times they might have. Well, guess what? If that was football, they'd be out. All, the, all it did then was just piss Jordan off. He'd come back for 50 the next night. So, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. You know, you really can't. It's, it's, comparing, it's comparing, like, apples to nails. Um. But anyway, but I thought it, I thought it was funny how he, 
he brought up Peyton Manning first, but then he says Peyton Manning was one of the best until it mattered. And then he, I mean, I don't, I don't know why people keep trying to make Aaron Rodgers a great, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time because he, he's had talent around him and he can't do anything. The only thing he's good at is State Farm commercials. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, I get it. I get it. You want to try to prop up the next guy, and the next guy is going to be Patrick Mahomes, no doubt about it. So let's just stop with the, you know, the Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback ever. Tried to make it sound like he was the best quarterback in the league this year. Well, dude can't even make the playoffs. How are you, you know, if, if the league is a quarterback-driven league, how on earth are you telling me he's one of the best and, you know, he can't even get his team to win the division, in a, and he's in a division with the Bears, Lions, and Vikings for all teams. So anyway, it's kind of funny because when you said something about basketball, I had a lot about basketball to get into. I also had, of all things, I kind of thought something about hockey that I was going to do a shut up and listen on, but then I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a you know pull a page out of your book here and and go shut up and listen. Parents of professional athletes, shut up and listen. Stop trying to talk for your child in any sport at all. And the reason I say that is because we have Anthony Davis Sr. who came out after Anthony Davis was fined for I don't I don't know what what the fine was for that. The word that's popping into my head is collusion, but I'm, that's not what it is. It's, you know, basically like being being vocal about wanting a trade while under contract or something like that. And I, I don't think you can actually do that in basketball. So he did get fined. So he basically had to stop talking. So, you know, all pops stands up and says, these are the teams that he will be willing to sign with in the future. Because I think he's, you know, Anthony Davis is, his contract is up at the end of next season. And he really wants to play for the Lakers. I mean, that's the big thing is playing for the Lakers. Uh, the, the New Orleans Pelicans, they don't necessarily have to trade him this year. I mean, they could do it during the offseason because the, the Celtics have been clamoring for this guy for years. And because of the rules that they have, they can't. You know, because uh, Kyrie Irving's contract is up at the end of this season, they can't trade for Anthony Davis until, I think it's July 1st. But because of all of the draft picks and the young talent that they have, they can put together the best package for him. And I think that that's what, you know, if he doesn't get moved by tomorrow's deadline at 3 p.m. Eastern, they might be waiting to see what the Celtics bring to the table on, on July 1st. So knowing that, knowing that, Anthony Davis Sr. came out and said the only places that he would be willing to sign an extension are the Los Angeles Lakers, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Milwaukee Bucks, and there was some other team that I don't, I don't remember who it was. 
But it wasn't, oh, it was the Knicks, I think. It wasn't the Celtics. And then he goes on to say, I don't want my son to play for the Celtics. That's not why I'm doing the shut up and listen. That, that has nothing to do with it. His reasoning is they just did not show any loyalty to Isaiah Thomas whenever he was there. He, he had an injury, but he still led the team in the playoffs, and they ended up trading him for Kyrie Irving. Wake up, man. Your son just said he wants to leave the, the New Orleans Pelicans. Where's the loyalty there? And by the way, it's the NBA. There is no loyalty. Look at what's been going on the last 10 years. Everybody wants to join their buddy. Nobody wants to stay where they're at. Every, it's a, it's a free-for-all. Don't give me loyalty, especially in professional sports, because let's face it, they're just, every, you know, and I, I keep saying this all the time. It's like the, the, the line from the Jay-Z song. I'm not a, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business comma, man. They, I mean, all of these guys are a business nowadays. They're, they're not going to play. They're, you know, they're not going to take the hometown discount. They want the most money that they can get. And, and when you can get both in basketball, I mean, the team that he's currently on, if he finishes out his contract, they, they're, the only, they, they're the team that can give him the most money. I mean, you might hear a max contract. Well, there's a max contract for the team that you're currently with, and it's more than the max contract you can get if you go and sign another, with another team. That's why Utah Jazz fans were really ticked off at Gordon Hayward last year because he could have made more to stay with them, but he wanted out, and he came to play for the Celtics and got hurt in the first five minutes last year. Um, he wants out of New Orleans – and yet, Dad, to try to get the Celtics to tell the Hornets they're not going to make a deal for him, so just trade him, is basically making up this whole loyalty story so that the, so that the Lakers can get him. And, oh, and guess what? London's old buddy, LeVar Ball, has already come out and said, I don't want my son playing for the New Orleans Hornets. I want him playing for the Phoenix Suns. So I was just going to say that. This is, this is the problem when – Parents of athletes open their yaps. It just creates a mess, especially if that child is on the trading block. I mean, let's face it. We all kind of knew when LeBron got there, heads were going to, you know, heads were going to roll. People were going to be packed and sent out of town. You know darn well that was going to happen, and it was only a matter. I'm surprised that we actually made it to 2019 before we actually heard something come out of that idiot's mouth about Lonzo Ball, you know, being on the trade block. So, and it's not just basketball. It's, you got, you got other sports too, but it, this is just what's going on now. So shut up and listen, parents of professional athletes. Enjoy your son or daughter's performance. Root for them to, you know, win the highest accolades they possibly can. But when it comes down to them, and contracts, just shut up and get out of the way. I mean, that's the, that's the difference with, with them and Tom Brady's dad. I mean, I saw Tom Brady's dad interviewed a couple of times before the Super Bowl and a lot of times after the Super Bowl. Nowhere at all was he talking about 
well, he has one year left on his deal. I really hope that they ever sign him. You never heard that. All you heard was him praising his son because, you know, let's face it, Tom Brady has, you know, uh, unfortunately for everybody else in the world, his family's becoming famous too, you know, outside of his wife. I mean, obviously everybody knows who his wife is, but dad, his sisters, his, you know, Kevin Euclid as a brother-in-law, you know, they're all, their faces are all over the place, especially during, during Super Bowl week and after Super Bowl week. So it's just one of those deals, you know, they're just sit back and, you know, let the agent, let, let your kid, you know, if you want to be vocal about it behind the scenes, you know, not on Facebook, on Twitter, on anything else, go for it. But I don't need to hear you, you know, come out and, you know, and publicly say, I don't want my son going there. I don't want my daughter playing here because of this and this and this, because I mean, how much of an idiot does Anthony Davis senior sound like, you know, not saying that he doesn't want him to go play for the Celtics because they weren't loyal to a player who let's face it. If you got to keep Isaiah Thomas or you got to go for Kyrie Irving, every team in the league would have done what the Celtics did. And you're going to claim that that's, they're not loyal to the team yet your son's doing the exact same thing. And in his case, it's worse. He's on the team now. He's under contract until the end of next season. And he's already telling them, I'm not going to sign here at the end of my deal, so get me out of town now. I hate that, that, like, I'm a big baby. My hands are on my hips, and my lip is is puckered. Um, I want, you know, I want out. I, you know, wah, wah, wah is me. Listen, you you're cashing my check every week or every month or whatever, however they pay you, man. I can tell you what your, your check that you get, you, you get from that team is 12 times or 100 times more than my check weekly. So anyway, I totally agree with you. Just come on, man. You know, come on. I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt you. So finish. I'm finished. I was, I, was, I was done. I was done. That was it. Um, oh man, I'm so frustrated because <laughs> I, I I just see the you know these dudes find this the like the the change that they find in their couch is what I make per year. You know, anyhow, um, shut up and listen, everybody that is not Santos in London. Basically, that's what I want to say. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> Moving on. I mean, we only have about 35 minutes left, 33 minutes left. That's um, good because have... WWE this week sucked. <laughs> Both all or one or the other because I agree with you, man. We're kind of in a – I have to be honest with you. This is one of my favorite times of the year, though. We're coming off – um, we're coming off the Royal Rumble into the Elimination Chamber and then really kind of like moving full steam ahead into WrestleMania. Um, so this is like, um, have you ever been on like a, 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 a sledding or a tobogganing hill? Like yeah. when you're sitting up there and like you're on the, the sled and you're just like, there's the bottom way at the, you know, way down there. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited. Yeah. Yay. That's kind of where I'm at. And then it's like, it's, like, it's like the roller coaster. You're at your yeah. You're cre- you're creeping up to the top. Yeah, yeah. So 
I, I really am looking forward to this next pay-per-view, the, the Elimination Chamber. I, I, it's another one of my favorite pay-per-views, man. There's, there's only like four pay-per-views that I really love throughout the year, and one of them is the Royal Rumble, then moving into, and three of them happen within three months, four months. Um, so give me, I don't even know where to start with the WWE. I literally forgot that wrestling was on last night. Cause it's not, it was not <laughs> important to me. I, I have to be 100% honest with you. I'm really starting to dig in to this AEW wrestling a little bit. I know. Are, are, are you down with this or do you, do you know much about it or you know what, what I, you know, I, I, I know, I know very little because, you know, I'm kind of just, I'm, I'm kind of like you, you know, I, the, my, my viewing of the two WWE shows has turned into, you know, watching just about each and every segment to now where I'll, I'll watch the opening segment. When it goes to commercial, I fast forward through the commercial because I always watch it. I, I always start it behind, you know, behind live TV just because I can't stand commercials. But if I come back from commercial and it's like a match that really just doesn't really serve a purpose, I just keep going. I keep going until like another big name pops up and then I'll, you know, then I'll stop and watch it. But, you know, so unfortunately, you know, me watching Monday night raw, that's three hours. I can get through that in about 40 minutes. Um, you know, last night's last night's episode, I think I watched the opening segment because both nights, the opening segment was Becky Lynch again. But then after that, it's getting old. it, it, It really is. It really is. And they, they need to come up with something better than what they're doing with that because I really think I, – I hate to say it, but they, they better not put Charlotte in that match. They need to come up with something, you know, maybe with one, with one, of, the two, with one of the two pay-per-views before WrestleMania. They need to do something to just eliminate that because I think a lot of fans are going to get pissed if she somehow gets into that, that match. Last night – Graves said something that was that absolutely told because you and I talked about this before that um, you know you'd be angry and and I would too I mean Becky Lynch is is the hottest the hottest thing going right now in the WWE and last night Graves said something that was that absolutely just you know solidified it for me he said um, so Becky Lynch eliminated Charlotte Flair in the Royal Rumble. She was the second to last to go out. Now that Becky Lynch is hurt, um, you know, basically Charlotte Flair should take over her spot. Yeah. Well. Phone. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that he, uh, you know, he said stuff like that during the Rumble too, that, you know, whenever Becky was out there, you know, clutching her knee, that, you know, she should just give up and, you know, they should just declare Charlotte the winner. And, you know, that's, that's kind of Graves' deal too, is just to kind of put over the, you know, to put over the heels. I just, I just think, you know, she has the, you know, the quote, air quote, knee injury going on. And, you know, that's, that's fine if that's what they want to do. I just kind of wish they would have, you know, come up with a story as to, you know, Monday night, Stephanie McMahon was out there and, you know, then Becky Lynch comes out, 
and they're kind of just talk jibber jabbering back and forth, and then it turns into well, you know, you need to go see the doctor. You need to go see the doctor to get medically cleared, or else we can't put you in there. And Becky Lynch is just like, no. You know, they need to. You know, this is this is where writing just just makes it worse than it is. You know, instead of just saying no. Or saying, you know, saying the same thing she said when she got back in the ring at the Royal Rumble. You know, you're not taking this from me. You're not taking away my moment. You know, maybe elaborate a little bit as to, you know, why you don't want to go get medically cleared for an obvious knee injury. You know, say something about, you know, you know, whenever you got hit in the face by Nia Jax on that, uh, you know, before the Survivor Series or whatever it was. Say that you know the, the the doctor you know fraudulently did not clear you, so you know Charlotte got to fight Ronda Rousey at that pay per view. Go on, you know, make it look like they're the authority and they're just putting the pieces in place of where they want them. You know, come up with come up with something to to make it look like you're not just being a stubborn little little kid about not going to a doctor. And then especially last night, whenever Triple H came out. And they were doing the same thing. You know, all, all Becky Lynch has to do is say, you know, you're not, you know, you're not going to keep me out of this like you did at the last, at the, you know, what was that, Survivor Series when it was all of the champions versus the champions. Um, you know, you're not going to take this moment away like you did back then and you put Charlotte in. You know, instead of just making it sound like, you know, she's afraid of a doctor. You know, Triple H pulled the thing out last night of, you know, she's she's faking it because she doesn't want the doctor to say she can go fight. And and you know, that's kind of a that's kind of a cheesy cheesy way to go too. I mean, I get it. You know, he's you know, that's almost like the reverse psychology of, you know, making her, you know, want to go to the doctor. But I think you know, I you know, I think for Becky's character, if they want her to be like the stone cold character, she has to be a little bit more vocal as to why she's not doing what they want her to do. And and the only way that that can come across is if she flat out says, you know, I know how the authority works. You just want me out of the way because I'm not the one that you want in that match. You want Charlotte in that match. And, you know, they kind of have to like throw that, that wrench into the, into the equation too, I think to, to kind of make this feud just better, you know, because right now, like you said, London, it's getting stale. And you know we still have. I mean we're like we're like we're like two months away from the rumble. It's it's the first weekend in April for crying out loud. It's very stale to me, and especially when your your champion gets flustered or frustrated when the crowd reacts to her when she's talking. I mean, how are you going to sell this fight? I mean, you you just laid out how the WWE can um, <clears throat> can get Becky or whomever, Charlotte, or how, how they can make this match work. But you have to also realize that your champion is in the ring ready to do a promo, and the crowd is booing her and wanting her, and she's very frustrated and flustered and can't get through a promo. I mean, you know, yeah. we have come so far when it comes to the women's revolution and, you know, women's wrestling. I mean, I remember the very first couple of weeks you and I talked here on the, on blog talk radio that 
we we discussed some of the matches were like three minutes long, two minutes long, and yeah. that was too long. That was too long for them to be. Um, we've come a long way, and oh yeah, I, th- I think this set this setup could be incredible. I mean, Becky is so hot right now. She's so over. She's she is the most over superstar, male or female, in in the company right now. Um, but I think you you know take the gloves off and 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 work her you know her 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 momentum, man. You gotta get Ronda out of you gotta get Ronda off the off the microphone. You gotta get Becky just like you said. And I hate only because it's a little bit selfish because I'm a huge Stone Cold, you know, Attitude Era guy. Um, I think he that was the one of the him and him, him and the Rock in the Attitude Era was one of the were the best gimmicks of oh, yeah. wrestling, you know, ever. You know, the, yeah. those those guys were were just fire every time they picked up a microphone. Um, so you you got to do something more with Becky, but you also got to do more with the with the players around her. I mean, you know, when Ronda is getting so flustered that that the music just hits because she's lost, you know, that that's embarrassing. She's your champion, man. I you know, so I mean, this these next couple months, which I'm not really looking forward to the setup, man. These next couple months are going to be real critical in the in the women's division game, I guess. But you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do. I am, you know, I would venture to say we're going to see a triple threat match, like you said um, a couple weeks ago. Um, we're going to see Charlotte, um, Becky, and Ronda. At WrestleMania, which sucks, man, because you know Becky and Ronda deserve to have their own match. I mean, yeah, not that Charlotte doesn't deserve to be there, but Becky and Ronda, those are the two biggest right now, man. But the thing that breaks my heart a little bit about Becky being in this this whole knee injury spot, um, you and I have spoken about it, and you know, and maybe I was a little harsh on her at the Royal Rumble. You know, and, and let me show it again on on Monday night. Uh, she she, is, she injured the wrong knee, right? So the knee that she is bad with right now was not the knee she was grabbing at the rumble. And let me show Init- it again. Init- initially, initially, no. Initially, yeah. Initially, she was grabbing the right knee. Yeah, and it breaks my but heart then, but, because. But then, but then, but then it turned into the left knee, and then, but now it's still the left knee. So at least they're consistent that way. But then they showed on Monday night that she fell off the ring and still was grabbing the right knee. And I was like, come on, man. You know, <laughs> Becky deserves better than that. You know, she yeah. she is so fire right now. But I don't know, man. I don't even know where to go. Yeah, I think with... I think what they need to do, you know, it, so right now they're going with the uh, she's, you know, air quotes suspended. I, I think what they need to do, and I just don't know if WWE will do it because I don't really know what the ramifications would be, but I'm thinking, you know, what, what about having her come down, you know, have, you know, have Ronda, I mean, for a Ronda Rousey doesn't need to be in a match every single week. I, I don't think that's good for her. 
you know, I, I hate to say it, but I think she's she's going to be like Brock Lesnar. Just stay home for a week. You know, don't you don't have to come in. Um, Agreed. But but I but I think if she comes in for a match, you know, it would have been perfect last week when when she had that match against Bailey. I mean, it was a good match. And but I think instead of having Becky Lynch come out after the match, have Becky come, Lynch come out during the match. You know, distract Rousey and then have Bailey win. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Bailey homer either. I'm you know it could be anybody. It could be the the Riot Squad, any of them for that matter. You know, but I'm you know just you know whatever happened to that because th- those used to be kind of interesting too. You know, whenever you have you know uh, you know a title up for grabs or you know I'm like a you know at a pay per view coming up and you know like the the person's in the match and then you know the uh, the person they're fighting at the pay per view's music hits and then they just come out and stand there and then you know the person gets you know, loses focus on the match, and then they get rolled up for like a cheap, you know, like flip, you know, like a sunset flip or something like that for a real quick one, two, three count and lose. I mean, it's not going to, it's not going to really damage Ronda Rousey to freaking lose a match. And that's, that's just what they're doing. It's like, they can't have her lose. Even in a tag team match that she was in with uh, Natalia, where they fought uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks, um, they lost the match, but Rousey was, you know, outside the ring. She wasn't the one that got pinned, you know. So it's like I don't know why they they just can't have her lose a silly match like that. And you know, the only I mean, the only reason I can think of that they're doing that right now is because then they could always say, well, I'm the first person to beat Ronda Rousey, so I should be in that match at WrestleMania too. You know, so it's like I guess, I guess that's the only reason why they can't do it now. But I just think they they should have done something like that already. I mean, that's like you know, and and, um, and use and use Becky and use Becky Lynch that way. You know, she's, you know, if they're probably not going to have her in the ring until, you know, it, it's not going to be the pay per view, the, the elimination chamber pay per view. It's going to be the one next month. So, you know, cause I think they're going to do one at like the beginning of March or second week of March. So. She might be back for that one, and that would be, you know, if they wanted to have her versus Charlotte there, you know, I, I can see that. Or if, or if they do that, if they do that thing where she comes out and interferes in a Rousey match, and then somebody wins, you know, like, like Ruby Riot or somebody like that, then they can say, well, you know, I'll fight you at this pay per view, and then the winner of that goes to fight Rousey at WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Then you know, do something like that. But. I don't know. I'm, I, they just they need to get they need to get out of this whole Charlotte thing because I think there's going to be a lot of fans that are going to be pretty ticked off if she somehow gets into that that match. Hmm. <laughs> I, yes and no. I, I I agree on some aspects, but on the other, there's there's a ton of people that are kind of where I'm at, like. You know, Ronda Rousey is getting booed out of the building at times. Um, she is not, you know, she's not even the, the the second most popular female athlete when it comes to Becky, um, Ronda, and Charlotte. Like, Charlotte is head and shoulders 
Yeah. Above her. Yeah. So I, man, I, I want to say that Becky, well, Becky's not going to be in the ring until WrestleMania. I mean, that, that just, it is, it is what it is. We're, we're going to continue to see this. You know, she is going to be suspended for a couple of weeks. Just stay home. I agree with you. Just stay home. Just, just go away for, just disappear for a couple of weeks. And then when you come back, you're going to be hotter than ever. You know, come back at, at not elimination chamber because, you know, what are you going to do inside the chamber? Come back right. at the pay-per-view after that, make an appearance, you're feeling better. And then after that, you're going to have mania. So, and that's only a couple of weeks away. So I think that's where she needs to go. She needs to go away for a couple of weeks, um, a month, you know, and then when you come back, you're hotter than ever. Um, you don't have to go see a doctor by that point. And then, you know, if you come back, you can say, yep, I went to the doctor. You could have like a, a behind the scenes knee operation if that's the way they want to go or whatever. You know, I mean, they they could do all kinds of things um, if she disappeared for a little bit. But I have to be honest with you. I think she, I, I don't think there is any way they don't do a three way uh, fatal or a triple threat match. Um, and you were so right. And I didn't think of that until, especially until after this weekend when, or this week, when I heard uh, Corey Graves say something, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, going to get the verbiage incorrect, but it was something to the effect of, um, you know, um, Charlotte, I don't remember what he said, something about her being, you know, ready to fight or this and the other. And, you know, come on, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm just over it. So shake it off the pot basically is what I'm, I'm thinking about um, WWE at this point. Yeah. I'm, I'm with, you. Well, with, the, with the women at least. Yeah. And, but honestly, I mean, none of the men's matches mean anything either. I mean, I'm kind of, I, I don't know. I mean, unfortunately. Let me ask you a question, Mister Nate. What do you think of Dean Ambrose? Um, you know, asking—not asking for, but informing the WWE that he's not going to resign, and, and them confirming it. So, what is? Did we recover over this last to, week? Well, I—I I know we did a little bit, but I. See, now I'm stammering because you caught me off guard. But what do you think in in respect to – and I keep talking about the AEW, and, and, and I don't think <sighs> – I just caught myself. But um, So do you – have you any idea of what's going on with the AEW? Like, they are legit. They're not just some little organization, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know nearly as much about them as you apparently do, but... I do not know nearly as much as I should, because they they are owned by the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they are based out of Jacksonville. I just read a little bit on them um, on Wikipedia today. Um, Cody... The Young Bucks, they're like top management there. There's, I mean, Neville is there. There's, they just hired, um, what's his name? 
don't know, some guy from New Japan, Kenny Omega maybe signing. Like, they're a legitimate, like, this is going to be a legitimate um, threat to the WWE. The Usos are talking about maybe going there. Uh, Randy Orton has been offered a contract, possibly. I mean, there's some significant, like, the WWE is very concerned. So, I, I guess what I'm asking you is, Dean Ambrose said a couple weeks ago that he was leaving. Um, from from this week, what is your opinion on Dean Ambrose and the way he's being treated, A, and B, why why are we the um the um not the scapegoats the uh guinea pigs you know for him as a mess i mean dean ambrose this week was the best dean ambrose i've ever heard on the microphone he was hysterical but i mean you're going to get rolled up against ec3 i mean come on man yeah and his first match on tv that that's just it. I don't I don't know why. Yeah, I. It, it's one of those deals. I mean, it's and it's funny because we were just kind of bitching about you know, basketball contracts and you know the NFL who's the who the Patriots going to sign, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna change my stance on this. Just let the guy go. Don't keep him around. Just to just a job for all of these new guys because he's leaving anyway. It's like, and it's. And and that's the problem with with wrestling and social media. And I I haven't gotten on this soapbox in a while, but it's like I hate social media's involvement and the wrestlers being on it and everything because I don't want. I mean, this just ruins it. We know that his contract's up. He's not going to resign. He confirmed it. WWE confirmed it all on social media. Yet the next week, WWE puts him on TV, and he loses. Well, what the hell do you think he's going to do? He's not going to have a title run. It's 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 just stupid. It's almost like, you know, you hear stories from all of the old-time wrestlers that said if they got into a bar fight, if they lost, they'd get fired. Because you have to keep, you know, the perception of your character up. You know, you have to keep it high. Even though, even though it's a complete, you know, fake character, you have to portray that. And I think that's the way that it should be. That's the beauty of wrestling. Yes, it's, yes, it's scripted. I get it. And it's, and it's the same reason why I don't really want to know about their personal lives. I could care less. I don't give a damn who you're sleeping with or what your workout regiment's like or what type of food you eat every day. I, I don't care. I just I just care about the character that you portray on TV for three hours on Monday, two hours on Tuesday, and every a Sunday at one time a month. That's it. That's it. Other than that, I do not care. And that that's exactly why this whole thing with Dean Ambrose really just pisses me off because I I just it, it it's kind of like you know. Being told that, uh, you know, certain... what the hell? It's you know, it's almost like finding out that certain um, <clears throat> holiday beings are not real. Because I don't know who's <laughs> listening. 
Well, none of my children are listening. So, um, you know what? I who I give full kudos and credit to is Dean Ambrose for going out there and being a true professional. I mean, oh, absolutely. you go out there knowing you're leaving the WWE and they're going to job you to EC3. They, I, I'm assuming they give him carte blanche that he can kind of do whatever he wants for, you know, his promo. Cause the guy cuts a great promo, but you're going to go out there and you're going to get rolled up against EC3 when dude, you were, the WWE champion about 18 months ago. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, heck it, he was, he was the, he was the IC champion like two months ago. Exactly. And you're, you're going to be so professional that you're going to go out there and do it. And, and Dean Ambrose is not known to be like a corporate guy, not known to be like one of the guys, you know, there's a lot of like Dolph Ziggler has given um, an interview lately about him being kind of an aloof and kind of just doing his own thing. And, you know, there's a lot of Dean Ambrose that is not, you know, warm fuzzy, but he went out there and he's, he went over these guys on the way out the door knowing, well, then I, I guess, do we ask the question, is he really leaving? I think so. I mean, I, I, I don't think he's the kind of guy that would, um, be, you know, make it public that he's going to go and then leave, especially with his wife being there and Renee. Um, yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not going to do anything to jeopardize her. Right. Exactly. But I mean, and, and, but and I mean, but how dumb was it in that match against EC3? I mean, it's and it's part of my problem with the two of them being on the same show. It's like she's the EC3 is easily the baby face of the match, and then whenever Dean loses, you know. Ambrose, or not Ambrose, but um, Corey Graves is like, oh, I can't believe it. Oh, he, you know, EC3, you know, like all happy for EC3. And then, you know, Renee Young takes it, becomes the heel announcer. Oh, well, it was a fast count. You know, th- that's the problem. That's, I mean, again, that's why the two of them should not be on the same show. It drives me crazy when I can't rely on commentators to be consistent. Yeah, I, I I get that, but uh, I I guess I don't have a problem with I, I think Renee Young does a better job than um Booker T. Man, I oh, well, you know, I, I I think she I think she's she's very, very good. Um so no, she's I, she's I, she's great. It's it's just it's just during his matches. You know, if he's when he was the baby face it was fine. But right. now that he's the heel she still backs him up as a heel, but she's the baby face, like color commentator. It's like, you can't do both. Can't do both. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Hmm. You're right. So uh, tell me, tell me what you're thinking of (laughs) the, the planet champion, Daniel Bryan. I, I don't know. Uh, it's it's kind of just silly in my opinion. Um, I love his championship. I really do. The, the, and not so much the the overall meaning of his championship, just the championship belt. Whomever created that is an incredible artist. <laughs> yeah, they deserve an award. Whoever it was, absolutely. It's wood and and. Um, 
like, 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 rocks. Like, tur- like, like turquoise, like rocks or something. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's the silliest, it's the silliest thing I've, I've seen. It's so funny though. I kind of, I kind of just want to see whenever somebody, if somebody else wins, I just want to see them thrown in the trash can and light it on fire. That's what I want to say, I, I, because I think it would start, I think they're going to start it on fire very quickly, like it's going to, because that wouldn't go up in flames quickly, but it will once whomever wins. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It, 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 I remember, I think, I don't know if I took a picture of it whenever it came out and sent it to you, or how that worked exactly, but yeah, it's. It's the funniest thing I've seen in a very long time as far as that goes. Yeah, but I'm over him, like, chastising me because I like meat. Yeah, it's that, – that's the thing. It's kind of it's kind of just far-fetched right now as far as what he says and what he does. And, you know, I mean, he had a match last night, and he uh, – you know, Rowan was out there at ringside, and Rowan was – you know, pulling Jeff Hardy out of the ring and smacking Jeff Hardy around outside of the ring when the referee's back was turned. And then, you know, it's one of those deals. They're trying to, they're trying to, you know, pimp up the elimination chamber. So every participant comes out at the end of that match that, you know, Brian ended up winning, you know, to kind of like do something, you know, started with Samoa Joe and then Orton and Mustafa Ali all came out. And, you know, so then, Whenever AJ Styles came to the ring, you know, Daniel Bryan and uh, Rowan run up the ramp and then they go through the curtain and then there's a, a, you know, one of those, uh, like one of the reporters was on the other side of the curtain and was asking Daniel Bryan a question and she said something about how Rowan helped him and he says, no, Rowan, he didn't help me. I did that all by myself. So it's almost like it's almost like he's turning from, you know, just a savior of the planet to like, like crazy wilderness guy, you like completely <laughs> delusional. And, you know, saying that he's like the, the champion of the planet. It's, it's, it's the more and more they have him talk, the more and more ridiculous this whole thing's kind of getting. <laughs> he's, he's one of the best in the microphone. I have to be honest with you. Oh yeah, yeah. You can't can't fault him for that. He is good. That's for sure. Um, you know, but real, real, but real quick, quick, because yeah, because we only have a minute left. I just want to say it, it's kind of a shame that you have Rusev and Nakamura fight each other for a month. It seems like they have our truth win, and now they're like a new tag team. They just had a tag team match and beat um, Anderson and Gallows. It's like they already have too many tag teams going. You do not need another one. I think it was a terrible move putting these two guys together. Agreed. Mr. Santos, we got through another week, dude. Uh, we won the we Super Bowl. We, we are six-time Super Bowl champions. I know. How about that? That's crazy. That's kind of that's that's crazy when you think about it. Absolutely. There's people in this world that have never seen one of their teams, one of their teams, if you're a Buffalo, diehard Buffalo fan. You've never seen the Sabres or the Bills win a uh, championship. So that's yeah, yeah. But Sucks anyway, next week, same bad time, same bad channel. Um, I am London. 
He is Santos. We're going to have um, a bunch more audio clips next week. Mr. Santos, have a great week, brother. All right, Ben, you too. I'll see you. Have a good night, everybody.